All right, hi everybody. Good afternoon, morning, evening, whatever time zone it happens to be on your end. My name is Bao from Google, and I'm gonna go ahead and lead the presentation for today. So I'll be talking a bit more today about growing your game profitably, looking at the paid user acquisition standpoint, but more importantly, talking a bit more about what it looks like throughout the whole gaming lifecycle. I can best do this on Google. So a bit more background for myself. I am a gaming growth manager over at Google. And what that means is that I work very closely with other mobile game developers to help them grow their game on Google, primarily through marketing and user growth, but also making sure that other partners that I work with have the right connections and the right resources to interface with other parts of Google to really help their game be very successful. So here's gonna be the agenda for today. The first part, we'll be looking at the overall gaming lifecycle, where we're gonna look in the specific individual phases and understanding a bit more about the development cycle and how you wanna align that with marketing to really help your game grow. After that, we'll be talking a bit more about how we can look at Google app campaigns and the Google Analytics for Firebase SDK at the three distinct phases, pre-launch, growth, and maturity, to really understand how to make both of these work the best for your game to really help grow your user base and be a successful launch. And then after that, we'll briefly touch over a case study with Kabam and their game to show an example of what's absolutely possible on our platforms. So without further ado, let's get started. So for the first part, I'll be talking a bit more about the gaming lifecycle overall. Now, it wouldn't be a proper gaming presentation if I didn't talk a bit more about the gaming business itself. And one of the reasons why we're all here is because how prolific the gaming industry has been. Whether you wanna look at the growth of the revenue or the projected revenue up until next year, whether you wanna look at the sheer amount of gamers all around the world across many platforms playing games, or if you even look at the content that's out there on YouTube and social media, gaming is a very important industry, especially now more than ever. And it makes me feel very honored to see that the future is so bright and to be working in this industry as well. But that said, it is quite important, especially in the mobile app world, where we need to understand how games as a service is evolving overall. The key difference here compared to other types of distribution platforms of the different types of games is that most of the time, the journey in terms of the gaming development and the gaming lifecycle isn't really done after release. If anything, what that means is that you need to continually look at the full user lifecycle from acquisition to revenue and understand how to effectively move through this funnel, either through multiple game launches or through multiple game updates if your game is gonna be living and sticking around for quite some time. At the end of the day though, no matter what part of this cycle that you're in, developers will be looking at growth. Ultimately, not just growth of revenue, which matters from a business perspective, but also from the community of gamers as well, and understanding that are they continuing to play your game along with the other updates that you're making and can it grow overall? Because at the end of the day, we wanna understand that, we wanna take a look at, are the gamers that are playing your game loving it and continue to grow along with your passion and development? And of course, as a business, is your revenue, is your user base also growing as well? With that said, even though growth is a key word, there are some very key challenges to be aware of. The major one is, of course, competition. Across all platforms, but especially in mobile, the competition is quite fierce now that we're looking at over a million games launched every year on Google Play, and even more so on the iOS App Store. Secondly, there's also higher expectations when it comes to the consumer and how they expect games to be developed as well. 
especially as technology evolves, even on mobile, games are looking much more robust in terms of looking more complex, having more engaging gameplay features. And as a result, the consumer expectation is growing faster and, and higher as well. So understanding how to develop a really satisfying and very good game overall is also quite important and a major challenge that you want to be aware of. And then lastly, especially because of these two other factors, it's important to have the right marketing strategy to get the, the word about your game out there as well. As unfortunately, it isn't quite as simple as just putting your game out on the market, expecting the user base to come. Most of the time, companies have to understand how to best use marketing or user acquisition to make sure that they can effectively grow their user base. And oftentimes that means having the right strategy, having the competitive budgets to effectively launch their game. So one key thing that most developers have been doing to help close this gap with this emerging trend is to actually close the gap between gaming development and marketing strategy. What this simply means is that most developers nowadays will make sure that their teams are talking to each other. But what this really means in practice is that when we think about marketing strategy and we think about growing the game, they're actually making sure that they're taking the right steps along the entire life cycle. So what that means is that it doesn't quite start right when the game launches and then suddenly marketing is a factor. In fact, most of the time, you want to be able to have that core idea in mind through the entire development process. Additionally, what you also want to do is they want to make sure to have the teams talk to each other so that if the development team finds certain things and changes they want to make during the beta or the pre-launch process, that can also help inform the strategy when you eventually launch the game fully overall. There are many other examples of what this could be, but overall the key takeaway here is real success means that your teams are talking to each other and you absolutely want to do that if you want to have a competitive offering in the market. So as the major goal ultimately to really be successful is to align the marketing strategy to the gaming life cycle, I want to also help simplify this a little bit by talking about the three distinct phases. The first phase is really the pre-launch phase where your game isn't quite out yet, but the main goal here is to test and measure to really understand what do you need to do and find out to make your game the best it can be before you launch it. And then of course, when you do eventually launch it, we're heading into the growth phase where this starts from the very beginning when the game is available, all the way to growing to hit the major KPIs and metrics that you wanna take a look at. So here, the mission is to scale and accelerate even further into new heights. After that, once the game is already mature in the market and it already has a very distinct user base, then it's focusing, looking at the maturity phase. The main mission here is to be sure to sustain and also reactivate any users that might have dropped off, where if you want your game to be out in the market and to be long lasting, not just a one hit wonder, you wanna make sure to also work alongside your developer team and your marketing team to help understand the base where they utilize this as well. So for the next section, I'm gonna be talking specifically about what Google can do for you in terms of helping managing all three of these distinct phases. And the two major things that I'll be going over today are gonna to be Google app campaigns and our specific SDK, the Google Analytics for Firebase SDK. So before getting into both of these things, I wanna talk a bit more about the world of automation, why Google as a company, we're really focused on it. 
The first major thing is that when it comes to automation, there's really two core values that it really helps a lot of developers and advertisers out there. One is improving performance and the other is saving time. Especially over the past few years, talk, if you've talked to any of your marketing teams, you've probably heard horror stories from them of having to manually control many different types of campaigns on their own and how much of a time sink that can be. But with the advancements of automation on Google, as well as other advertising networks, what's been great is that automation just saves a lot of time when it comes to the sheer number of signals that are out there in the market that can inform a really effective marketing strategy and how to really serve the right ad to the right user. Additionally, what's also happening is that because these networks, including Google's, can be so vast in terms of the reach and the amount of data points and the amount of learnings out there, automation really helps make sense of all of these things so that not only does it help do the actual job of getting the, out the ads and the marketing strategy out there, but it also allows for more complex calculations such as using machine learning to understand different models of what's been done before and help use those models to make more accurate predictions of what can come later. And that is the backbone of what feeds into the smart bidding options that are available on Google Ads campaigns, as well as the ability to use more advanced calculations and to scale even further with keeping an eye on performance, growth, and profitability. So overall, Automation is critical as the gaming industry involves, and that's absolutely the core value and tenant of what we're focusing on at Google. So I wanna talk a little bit more about Google App Campaigns. For those that aren't familiar, Google App Campaigns are our one-stop shop and campaign type to be able to reach many different mobile app users out there on Android and iOS. What this basically does is it allows you to, at the same time, advertise on all parts of the Google network, which includes Google Search, the AdMob Display Network, the mobile Google Web, the Play Store on Android, and then also YouTube. And with uploading your own video ads, HTML5 playable ads, image ads, and text ads into different ad groups, into a singular campaign, with the power of automation, you're gonna be able to access your entire, entire Google network and make sure you're reaching the right users at the right time, all with just one singular campaign type on Android and iOS. So as I mentioned before, you get to leverage the power of automation and you also get to leverage the power of Google's machine learning to really effectively go after users that would be the best ones to play your game and to hopefully stick with your game for a long time. The second aspect is our specific SDK called Google Analytics for Firebase SDK. And if you haven't heard about this before, what it basically is, is the main SDK we released out to the market that takes the history and the powerful platform that we built called Google Analytics that allows you to look at many different data points and has been a market leading solution for the past many years now and combine that with the app-specific platform of our Firebase SDK, where years ago we developed that SDK first as a developer-first platform with a lot of different features to help grow and develop your game. And now what we've done is combine that with Google Analytics to ensure that if your game has this SDK implemented, then you will be able to not only access the power of Google Analytics for your app, but also use these features to help make your Google app campaigns perform that much better through a variety of backend features to improve performance, as well as many other features to help improve your Google app campaigns, as well as many features to help your developers too. And when you combine this, then all these different things that we mentioned before in terms of complex signals, in terms of consumer insights, you can now use 
in the analytics platform to look at and derive insights, but then also using your campaigns to provide even better performance. So when we take a look at this lifecycle once again, I'll be talking specifically about these three phases and the main objectives of where both of these solutions can help out from the pre-launch phase to the growth phase, all the way to the maturity phase. So let's start with the pre-launch phase. As we can see with the pre-launch phase, the main goal here is to actually get data points to help improve the game before release. Because depending on what stage of soft launch or pre-launch you actually are, the game might not be out yet in certain markets or it still might be in development. So the main challenge here during this time is that you don't quite know yet what is it about your game that gamers will like or gamers will potentially dislike. And you might have many different hypotheses and tactics of what you really want to test. So the main goal is to be able to get raw data of users playing your game so that their feedback and what they're doing can help make your game the best it can be during launch. So this means you'll want to acquire users somehow during this period, not too long after development, while also making sure that you have the things in place to track metrics so that if some of these things and pieces of feedback that your users are telling you are key to development decisions before launch, your team is ready to understand these insights and make decisions based on that. So you know that you're successful when you've been able to implement the right things to track this feedback, when you're able to get enough data to make informed decisions about how you want your game to be at launch. And then lastly, if you really understand what is really great about your game during this time frame, and you know how to double down on that, then that will really set you up for success during launch. So some key metrics include looking at retention and looking at how long users are playing the game. And then, of course, some of the technical benchmarks, such as looking at install rate, crash rate, latency, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the first things that you can really adopt from Google to help with this process is implementing Google Analytics for Firebase. And there's two really key reasons and perspectives of why you would want to do this. One is from the developer perspective. As mentioned before, there are many different features in the Google Analytics for Firebase that you can explore after this presentation if you want to get the full portfolio of what's possible. But there are a couple of examples of developer features that I particularly think are great from a developer standpoint when looking at the pre-launch phase. One specifically is called Test Lab, and that allows you to actually set up physical and virtual device environments to run tests to simulate specific usage environments you want to run. Another really interesting one is also Crashalytics. This allows you to track, prioritize, and fix stability issues that are related to app quality when you're doing all these different tests. And because it's structured in such a way where it's easily visible and these insights are very quick to grasp, it's going to be able to help your developer team move that much quicker to resolve bugs or issues before you're supposed to be launching your game. From the marketing perspective, as mentioned before, when you are able to do this integration with Google Ads, you're going to be able to unlock a whole host of new features that will help you really understand the best way to look at your campaigns when you're doing soft launch. So if you're launching into markets that are not your main market, to just acquire enough users to get some data points by integrating the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK, you're going to be able to understand if you're tracking the right conversions, if you're looking at the right things, and ultimately setting up your campaigns for success once you move to the next phase. The other important thing that we could really do to help out in this pre-launch phase is using some of the open beta and testing capabilities on Google as well. So for just to 
talk a bit more about what these mean when it comes to open beta, especially for Android apps on the Google Play Store. We're working to support apps that are in open beta, which allows you to basically get the word out there about your game and actually have users play it before it's actually launched. So this is something that you can set up today in your Google Play Developer Console. And if this is the right strategy for your game specifically to get a lot of feedback and to make changes, we really recommend being able to do this. Additionally, what you might want to do and consider as well is looking at the pre-registration route. And what the value of this approach is, is that especially if you're developing a very exciting game that is going to have a lot of demand and hype even before the game is actually launched, you can actually use pre-registration on the Google Play console to make sure that you're getting all the fans that are hyped about your game already downloading the game so that right when the game is launched, they don't need to worry about downloading and they can open it right away. And you can even send a notification so that the users that have your game downloaded are ready to go and actually playing your game. And we see some really great results when you combine this with specific campaigns that can drive pre-registrations as well as tracking these sort of metrics. And this often leads to very effective results as we'll get into later on. Okay, so that wraps up the pre-launch phase. And now I'll be talking a bit more about the growth phase. So with the growth phase, the main situation here is that the game at this point is officially launched, whether it's in your main markets or potentially you're doing a global launch as well. So now it's available by users everywhere. So the main challenge here is understanding that you just released the game. Now that you want to make sure that everyone knows about it, that the users that you want to download the game know about your game and are downloading it. At the same time, you also want to make sure that a lot of your user acquisition activity is effective as well, because most of the times you are working with set budgets and set KPIs when it comes to return and potentially growth. And you want to make sure your money is being spent in the right ways to make sure this is the most effective as possible. So the main goals that you'll be looking at in this particular phase are going to be, are you going to be acquiring as many users as possible or as many users as you like to see in terms of your growth goals? And also, are you understanding and making sure that however your users are discovering your app, is it immediate? Is it working in the right ways that you want it to? Or are there different things you can do to help move that even further? So the way that you can understand if you've been successful is understanding and looking to see if you are seeing an increase in your active user base. Additionally, how you're communicating your game to the market and why they should be playing it. Is the message resonating well? Are the creatives and the marketing strategy and promotion, are all these different things working the way that you expected to, or is it not? And then lastly, you also know you've been successful when you identified the right acquisition channels and tactics that are working quite well for this game. And that is valuable because that could also help you understand how you can move forward in terms of growing the game even further or using this data to help inform how to do your next gaming launch. So in this phase, there's some key metrics you'll be looking at such as daily and monthly active users, cost for installs or cost per actions, and then also conversion rates, click-through rates, et cetera. So one of the key things that Google will be able to do to help you in this particular phase in growth, it's not a surprise at this point, but as I mentioned before, Google app campaigns will really help. And there's two very simple reasons of why that is the case. One is simply due to the reach. Google across the board, we have many apps that have over a billion users logged in and using it every single day. And as a result, with Google app campaigns, by simply running this to promote your app, you're going to be able to access all these different inventories as mentioned before, such as Google Search, YouTube, the Play Store, 
Yama network, and a whole other, other host of the Google networks out there. The other thing that this Google Apps campaign will be able to help you do is utilize all the engaging ad assets and ad formats you have and use them in a campaign to make sure that the right ad asset is being served to the right user at the right time. And that's why one of the key features of Google App campaigns called Ad Groups is really fantastic because it allows you to organize your assets in specific concepts and themes and segments of how you want to make sure your message is lining across. So then that way, when you're accessing the entire Google network and you know that certain users will maybe resonate with one message versus another, the great news is you can easily control that by having different ad groups and Google app campaigns. And with the power of automation, you let the machine learning handle where and when these ads get served to make sure it's working towards the goals that you're setting out for your campaigns. And then lastly, when it comes to using Google app campaigns for growth, and this is also related to integrating with Firebase as well, you're going to be able to have access to specific optimization features that really depend on whatever goals you end up setting out. So for example, if one of the main goals that you want to do is just maximize the number of installs to really break into the top charts, Google app campaigns will be able to do that for you by making sure that you have the right geographies and the right market set in place with your budget. Also making sure that if you have a target cost for install or a TCPI, that you'll be able to bid against that and make sure you're getting installs at scale for the right price point. And then lastly, if you just simply want to get as many installs as possible without being limited to a targeted cost for install, we do have a bidding option called Max Conversions that helps you exactly do exactly that and scale to as much as possible. At the same time, when you're scaling, you might also want to make sure you're optimizing for users that are valuable to you. So maybe they're just not just installing the game, but doing other important things, such as making in-app purchases or playing the game at higher levels or even referring their friends. What's great is that with Google App Campaigns, as long as you're tracking these conversions, you're able to optimize that as well by bidding on a target cost per action, or a TCPA. And if you happen to have the Google Analytics for Firebase SDK implemented, what's really great is all of the key improvements that you get from having the data coming from the Google Analytics for Firebase SDK. It supercharges and helps informs the Google App Campaigns that work even better. And when you combine those two, it really helps you accelerate the growth and manage it effectively. Okay, and then to conclude, we'll be looking at the last phase, which is the maturity phase. Now, at this phase, this can be at any real point in terms of the gaming lifecycle. It will, it will differ depending on the game and how long the growth or launch period is. But you can tell when you're in this phase when the natural user acquisition activity slows down a bit, where you've acquired most of your target market audience. And at this point, it's really just making sure the game is sustainable. Additionally, you might be looking at your revenue curve and noticing that most of it is being driven up by returning users or your active users, and maybe not so much coming from new users. So when you're in this phase, the main challenge is, again, sustainability. You want to make sure that this game can make it in the long run by driving the right amount of user growth and user engagement, but then also user revenue as well. And at this point, you might also want to make sure that you're looking at user LTV and understanding whether you need to increase that to make sure that any kind of goals that you have to grow the game further is possible by making sure that you have an active user base that's providing value for you over their lifetime. So the main goal for this phase is to really maximize the revenue and lifetime of users overall. So this means looking at your monetization strategy, whether there needs to be expansions of how your game is monetizing now, or whether there might need to be some new avenues to be able to grow that number. 
Additionally, are our users engaged? Are they still having fun? Are they still coming back to your game consistently and playing it? That's also a really important goal during the maturity phase as well. So how you know you've been successful is by looking at your revenue numbers, of course, looking at your overall revenue, but then also LTV and making sure that's looking healthy. Also making sure that you're looking at user engagement and making sure your loyal users are coming back. But then also if you have had some churn users before, do you have things in place to get them back and excited into the game, especially if you release new updates or new content? So some main metrics that you'd be looking at in this phase are gonna be your typical metrics when it comes to revenue and lifetime value, along with some other things such as ROAS, the churn and reactivation rates for a lot of your users. So a couple of the things that Google can really help out with in terms of looking at the revenue stream is looking at the monetization aspect. If your game happens to be monetizing primarily on in-app purchases, there are a lot of really great features and things you can use on for your Android game in your Google Play developer console. To understand how you're effectively managing the in-app purchase experience, whether you might want to adjust specific price points or if you're offering new price points for players, understanding how to best make the most use out of that. Additionally, if your game happens to be monetizing primarily through ads, if you do integrate our AdMob SDK, it allows you to actually monetize users that might not necessarily be in-app purchasers, but might still be very much interested in supporting your game and often playing it. And the key point that I would make here is that if your game happens to have a hybrid of both, that's fantastic because it allows you to really access both types of users in your overall segment and really help making sure that you grow as a business from that standpoint. If your game isn't a hybrid model, it may be worth exploring to making sure to understand how to best utilize both models to really grow monetization in the most effective way that makes the most sense for your game, but also makes the most sense for your players as well. And then lastly, when it comes to the maturity and optimizing the ROAS and lifetime value, if you do have the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK, you will have access to some specific features that we have in beta right now that do look at that LTV ROAS focus, where instead of bidding on something like a target cost for install or a target cost for in-app action, you can actually bid on your target ROAS if you do have the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK integrated and running with your Google app campaigns. looking for a publisher for your game well we have something special just for you it's the most comprehensive listing of pc console and mobile publishers in the industry over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites you can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher list and you can get it for free check it out And then lastly, when it comes to the maturity phase, you also want to make sure that when we're looking at user engagement, you know, are users coming back? Are you really building a long-lasting relationship with your community? And we do have a few tools to help with this as well. So going back to the Google Analytics for Firebase SDK, again, there is a whole host of features when it comes to user and community engagement. One particular feature I want to highlight is a live ops feature that does allow you to send custom notifications and messages to specific parts of the audience. 
So this can include certain things such as promotions you might want to give to certain players versus others. But this also allows you to do some really interesting A-B testing when it comes to in-app messaging, when it comes to push notifications to, again, help make sure your community is really well engaged. And then lastly, on the Google app campaign perspective, we do have a beta out right now that is available. If you do want to run app campaigns or re-engagement, where if you're able to create specific audience lists, and this, of course, is supercharged if you also have the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK implemented, you're able to use your app campaigns to go after users that may have been lapsed or maybe other types of users that make up your existing user base. And if you have a specific promotion or specific optimization goal for your campaigns, we allow you to do that. And again, use this capability to help make sure that you have a lasting user engaged community. So to conclude, when we look at the whole life cycle, what you basically want to make sure is to first understand what phase you're in in the game development life cycle. And then based on that, make sure that when it comes to your marketing strategy and when it comes to growth, that you have the right things in place and the right objectives that match up the phase that you're in. And once you figure that out and you implement the right solutions, then you execute, you test, you get feedback. And then once you understand what works well and we can improve on next time, you move on to the next phase or you potentially use that to inform the next game launch or the next game update. Uh, but hopefully this has painted a clear picture of what's possible in all three different phases and how Google can really help you out. So the last thing I want to share is a case study from Kabam and their specific Marvel-related game and giving you an idea of what's possible when you look at all these different phases and how Google can really help out. So the main thing that they were able to really accomplish with their game, Contest of Champions, was that even though the game was a bit old at this point, about five years or so, they faced many different challenges with market saturation. But they were still able to use Google App Campaigns and Google Analytics for Firebase SDK to help reignite and acquire new users with even more revenue and even more user-based growth than they would have expected because they understood the different types of phases that were available, not just for their main game, but then also for their existing game and use Google solutions to really help along the way. So the first thing I wanna look at is looking at the pre-launch phase. So when they were doing the worldwide launch for their new game, they thought that the pre-registration capability was really interesting because they were doing a lot of marketing promotion already to build up a lot of hype for the game so that when they wanna do the worldwide launch, one of the main goals that they wanted was to really break into the top charts. And by using the pre-registration feature on Google Play, as well as looking at Google app campaigns, they were able to generate more than 300,000 pre-registrations worldwide. But when they took a look at some of their main metrics, such as cost per install, they noticed that the users that were coming from pre-registration had a much lower cost per install than they expected compared to users that didn't pre-register, almost 20%, 24% lower than the usual average, which they thought was really interesting and is one way that you could really leverage Google when it comes to the pre-launch phase. And then moving into the actual launch, when they were looking into that and understanding how to best use Google in this standpoint, again, they did a lot when it comes to looking at the Google app campaign optimization, targeting for in-app purchasers, which is a very key in-app action and an app event that developers wanna focus on. And they were able to leverage Google app campaigns to scale very high to the point where they were able to very quickly pinpoint the user base that would be able to generate a lot of value for them. 
And then as a result, they saw much higher ROAS compared to other networks and compared to other game launches before, as well as a very high payer rate that they were very pleased with seeing when it comes to their overall worldwide launch. So again, using Google app campaigns and especially having this powered by the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK really helps push the needle in terms of effective growth. And then lastly, when it's looking at their mature game, and this is very true for their Contest of Champion games when they were doing their upcoming Cyber Monday event, they understood that this game has been out for a while and they wanted to really understand how to still be able to reactivate a lot of users that might have fallen off since the game's been around for a while, but they had a lot of really great content that they wanted to show. So what they were able to do is use Google app campaigns for engagement to help look at specific and various player segments and make sure that they got the targeted messaging to show that with this holiday season, there was a lot of really great reasons for them to come back into the game. And as a result, they were able to generate and reactivate 11% more customers during their Cyber Monday event than they were usually doing with these re-engagement, remarketing types of activities. And as a result, since they were able to get more players back into the game, they also saw more growth for their game, even though it's been out for a mature uh, timeframe at this point. So that is the rest of the presentation. If you happen to have the time, uh, please feel free to take this one minute survey. If you are and aren't able to access the link via the presentation, I can also make sure uh, to work with the organizers and make sure you have access to the survey link as well. So hey, thank you for that. That was awesome. We've got a couple of questions coming in from various points. Let's hit, um, yeah, the first one, so from Discord. Can you talk more about the beta program and the pros and cons of that versus other services versus just sending an APK? And, and this is something that we see a lot of with indie devs. Uh, they, it, it's a matter of how to effectively and safely distribute their demo to publishers. Got it. Um, and so when it comes to the beta program, are you talking about um, being able to do that via the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK? Or uh, I just want to make sure I'm understanding the question correctly. Either. I mean, however uh, it gets implemented, you know, the core problem is they have a demo, but they don't have a way to get it to publishers without sending an APK or using some outside service. Got it. Yes. Yeah, so I think one thing that you can basically take a look at is if you are looking at the Google Play Developer Console, there are a few features to be able to get versions of the game out there when it comes to beta, if the direct access is a bit easier. When it comes to using, uh, being able to scale that out to specific types of users versus just sending an APK, to my understanding with some of the main features in the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK, like with the AB testing and other features out there, um, that does allow some easier ways to be able to do that. So I think the pros and cons, just to talk about that a bit more specifically, uh, with the Google Play Developer Console and even with the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK, there's no cost is the one thing. So I think some of these other services might charge you for some of these other features, but when it comes to these two specific things, it doesn't. there's no uh, monetary cost when it comes to integrating Google Analytics or Firebase SDK. We purposely put that out there for developers to access. So it's just the developer time needed and then when it comes to the Google Play Developer Console, all those features that enable you to get the beta versions or your game out there are available. Uh, but again, because these are the more standardized solutions, they might not necessarily be as robust as some of these other services that you're paying for. So you're going to basically just have to look at the different things that you can and can't do and understand what makes the most sense for your game. 
So also from the Discord, where are the most cost-effective places we can test or acquire new users? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is kind of related to looking at, you know, specific soft launch markets or geographies and everything. So depending on how well your game is localized, that'd be the first thing I'd look at. So if it's primarily based in English, then when it comes to other English speaking countries, that make a lot of sense, uh, depending on just how much users you want to get during the soft launch phase. We typically see in Australia, New Zealand, and sometimes Canada be some really interesting places when it comes to other English speaking countries. Otherwise, depending on how well your game might do in Asia, there's a few other countries in there that might make a lot of sense. Uh, specifically, ones that might come to mind are something like the Philippines or potentially some of the other countries in the area. And then lastly, when we think about Europe, uh, the Nordics is a very popular area as well. So I think what I would really recommend is understanding what makes sense for the type of genre, type of game you have. If you have the capabilities to do so, understand where else your competitors or other peers have done this before, and then see if it makes sense for your game. Uh, the good news is that, again, with Google app campaigns and other ways you can do user acquisition on Google, you can really target just about any country, really. And with the power of automation, you can get as much scale as you need to in a, in a pretty simple way. So how, and this is another thing that we see a lot, where do they get that information? Where can they go to research, you know, costs and then you know where their competitors are. I think you said if you're able to do so, find where your competitors are. So how can they do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean so there's a few tools I use with the partners that I work with and everything. And and some of these might be things that you might want to get a subscription for or whatnot. But I found a lot of in interesting insights from sites like App Annie and Aptopia for one example. Uh, because a lot of the data that they acquire out there once you have a subscription is available for use. So most of the times it's quite simple to actually take a look at some of the top competitors in, let's call it, such a casino and puzzles and hardcore RPGs and understanding basically where they're getting their users now, but then also looking at some of these other countries that may have started off as soft launch countries, but are very much countries that they're doing quite well in. And that might give you some ideas of really where to test um, some of these games as well. Uh, I think some other resources that might be a bit more free out there, uh, we're still developing it, but anything that you might be able to find when it comes to mobile gaming on thinkwithgoogle.com is something that we have. That's where we publish a lot of our externally facing case studies as well as insights of other games that have done well, whether they're doing pre-launch, launch, or even the maturity phase. Um, and those are the things that kind of come to mind, I would say that might be accessible. So here's the problem. You know, these developers, and, and we see them coming in all the time to our consulting firm, and the mm -hmm. questions that come up here, App Annie and Apptopia are wonderful resources, mm -hmm. except the starter package for Apptopia is two grand a month, and App Annie doesn't even give you a price because they want to get you on the phone and find out how much money they ha you have uh -huh. before they give you one. Yeah, that's a rub, isn't it? Um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I think... And honestly, now that we're kind of talking about this, this is one of the things that uh, our separate arm that works specifically with startups called Google for Startups is really looking at and understanding how we can help the startup community, especially in games overall. Because I think these are very straightforward questions and challenges that now that we're kind of mentioning it, that I faced before with my time working with the um, with the organization as well. So that'd be the other resource I look at, um, Google for Startups. Uh, I forget the exact URL off the top of my head. 
But if you do, do Google it and look at some of the resources that we do have available, such as the Games Academy and some other resources. Um, my hope is that eventually what we will be able to do is put out some resources out there to help make some of these things a bit easier, such as benchmarking and getting additional insights. So I think that's an absolutely fair question. I think it's really important for any developers to have access to this. Um, I think when it comes to outside of these resources, though, we're still working on it. So more to come, but if you see some stuff from us, from Google for Startups, that'd be another place I'd recommend looking. No, and it would be fantastic to reach out and talk to them because it's it's one of those things that, and we see it with one of the questions that's coming up too here, you know, these teams are creating great stuff, but they're never going to get picked up because they can't spend you know, all the money that's required to even hit like a top 500 in user acquisition. So I think that's what the next person was asking anyway. So what support does Google have in place for indie teams that don't have the experience or resources for, for user acquisition like the big publishers do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I like I mentioned before, I think Google for Startups is a really great place to start. Um, I think our war, we have seven different campuses and I believe Warsaw specifically is really the main hub where a lot of the gaming related resources have come out. So if we have anything available there in terms of helping game developers grow is one thing we're looking at. Um, we do have a few other interesting initiatives internally that I know of, but eventually we'll be scaling out hopefully externally that focuses on the startup community. And I think there's a lot of potential, especially in the indie game development space. So I don't have exact concrete updates of what we'll be able to share there, but I think as we do more of these things and invite either specific developers to come on board or open this out a bit more publicly, um, I'd be able to help communicate that with the community too, along with the other folks from the gaming side. Um, and then I think uh, lastly, I mean, again, like it's really up to the developer at this point, but I think one of the reasons why in the industry we do see big publishers acquire more and more developers is because of this challenge too. So I think one thing I'd recommend is if it makes sense for your specific situation, then maybe understanding is there a publisher that's right for me is another viable strategy. Um, but if not, we're still growing the resources needed to help other developers get a good foot in the door when it comes to doing UA and really growing your user base. Um, but it, it's tough. That's part of the presentation I mentioned before, the competition is stiff. So hopefully this helped you get some good ideas of what to look for and then with some other resources that are out there and that we'll eventually put out, hopefully we'll be able to help out as well in this segment. So what would a good starting budget, this comes from, from Facebook, what would a good starting budget be for a game that you're still testing the waters with? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I would say the way that I would look at it, at least when it comes to Google anyway, is because a lot of our campaigns are run with automation and automation works the best when we have a lot of data points, is that you want to be able to be able to get to get your campaigns running at least a couple hundred um, installs to start off with. And if you're able to get a lot uh, more than that over the course of your time, whether it's a month or whether you're able to get quite a few a day, then that's a really good starting point. So what you then want to do is you want to understand, okay, if I know I'm going to be getting over, you know, a few hundred installs to really get things up and running, or maybe less than that for soft launching, what is the right cost per install that I would want to go for and what goal I should make based on that? And then that should basically determine what your starting budget is. The reason why I mentioned that and not say, oh, start with a $500 day campaign or whatever it is, is because it's just, it's so different depending on the game that you have. Uh, it wouldn't be fair of me just to suggest some flat numbers. So I would really recommend if you've taken the time to do it, understanding what a good CPI or cost for install might make sense with where you expect the LTV or the user value of the gamers that you're going after and then help that feed into what a good starting budget makes sense for. But basically the short answer is 
if you're able to use, at least get a couple hundred installs to start off with, that's a good starting point, at least just for the first month or maybe a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's so often the question, whether it's marketing or UA or business, when people come to us and they're like, so what's the best? I'm like, uh, it depends. You know, yeah. Just, <laughs> and, and there's, there's this much room that you can play with and it is uh -huh. somewhere in that area. Um, so from YouTube, what are some of the ways of using Google Analytics for non-mobile games? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think one very uh, kind of natural kind of pairing that makes a lot of sense is for the games that are still very much running on desktop or potentially you have your games downloaded via, um, you know, via like some kind of website or whatever, or some other distribution platform like Steam or whatnot. I don't know exactly off the top of my head because my expertise is mostly in the mobile space, but if you are able to basically use Google Analytics and set up what we call conversion tracking pixels with either the website, um, I'm not sure if it's possible to set up things within the game itself where you can track, but I think one, not I wouldn't want to call it a hack, but workaround I've seen other developers do is that if they're able to get their users to be kind of like used to engaging with maybe like their website, and using that as a way for you to track user behavior, understanding the value from it, then that is one of the chief ways you can use Google Analytics to make a lot of sense out of that. So let me give you just a concrete example, because I'm publicly addicted to Final Fantasy XIV right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they have you know, Google Analytics and everything tracked up with their mob station, or what they call the website where you can basically create an account, but then also buy you know, specific things off the digital marketplace, right? Along with tracking a whole lot of other things like, you know, the gear my player has or my character has or the different servers I'm on. If you basically have Google Analytics hooked up where you can read some of that and make sense out of it, then there you go. That's one way you can really make a lot of sense of looking at the the insights and the analytics of a non-mobile game. Um, but yeah, that's the most I have off the top of my head. I think that's a really good question overall. And I think one thing I would recommend to go further into that is looking if you had it looking further into Google Analytics specifically and seeing if in our database we have some more case studies about non-mobile games that you can learn from. So one of the things that that I see a lot with studios and and God knows there's enough analytics and ad companies out there in the industry that that we see it's one thing for the teams to implement the analytics into their program. Mm -hmm. mobile, non-mobile, whatever. It's a completely different thing for them to understand the data. So yeah. where, I mean, are there programs, are there th places that they can go? Simply the education of this is what your data means and this is where it's come from mm. is, you know, infinitely for me. You know, the whole reason we started the the show and the, and the what turned into this event and everything else is because nobody teaches developers this stuff mm -hmm. they they come out of either straight out of school or out of another job or out of college with a shiny degree that says they're all of a sudden they're a game developer but they hit this world and it's like i don't know i don't know anything about how to use data analytics or data science or things like that mm -hmm. are there programs are there places that you know people can go so they can go okay i understand that it's in my game and i'm getting numbers now what do i do with them mm, yeah that's a really good question it can be daunting especially from like an indie game perspective where you're kind of just thrown in there so i I'm, unfortunately i don't have like the full uh kind of knowledge base in terms of exactly where you can go if you're just starting off um i do know kind of one thing that we're thinking about or trying to do with a lot of our google 
related platforms and solutions is to address exactly that, where, again, with automation and all the, the great things that we do have, it's a lot of data. And yeah. it's kind of meaningless if you don't really know how to do anything with it. So that's kind of why, like, uh, you know, if you're if you have your Android game, for example, our product team on the Google Play side is making a lot of improvements in the next year in the Google Play Developer Console. So some of the data you're getting from the Google Play Developer Console is making sense. I mean, that's why we develop things a bit differently. Where when it comes to the crash reporting and the Android app vitals, for example, at least from how I've seen it over the past few years, it makes a lot more sense now. Where you might not have known what a you know specific kind of um, uh, like I think like one specific metric, I'm forgetting the acronym off the top of my head, but it basically talked about at the rate of which an app basically stalls in your game. And I think beforehand, it wasn't as, sim it wasn't as simple before because it'd just be a number and you'd have no idea whether it's good or bad. But now what we've done is actually change that section where we will show you Android benchmarks. So when you're seeing these crazy you know, data vitals or whatever, you now get an understanding of, okay, it's green, here's a benchmark of the different apps that I'm in the category for. Oh, and by the way, here's some interesting ideas of like how we can potentially resolve this, right? So from the developers console, that's one step we've done to make the most sense out of it. If you do have the Google Analytics for Firebase SDK, like I mentioned before, when you get into Firebase Analytics, we organize it everything in a way where, again, even if you don't necessarily have the background in data science or whatnot, when you don't, when you see these numbers and trends, we also make sure that the insights are also a bit more clear to grab as well. So that's what we're doing on our end on the Google side. I unfortunately don't have as much of an answer in terms of where else you can go for the kind of communicate uh, education on the more general aspect. But anything that we can put out just, today, just having those benchmarks is good because that's yeah that is it. You know, it's like I look. Mm -hmm even it's like ads that we run and, and things with my company and, and this show. And it's like, okay, so my number is blah, blah, blah. But what the, does that mean? Is that yeah. good? Is that yeah. bad? So yeah, just having those benchmarks is, is really good. So uh, also from, from YouTube, Agnes says, do you have any resources, best practices on complying with COCO regulation for the kids gaming app audience? Yeah, so I think the easiest place I could really point you to is to some of the uh, documentation that we already have on our, I think, overall Google support page. Um, but if not, I think what you'll be able to do is, I think we, especially with COPA, you know, and these other um, regulations in regards to privacy and safety, we've developed a whole stream of documentation on it. So absolutely refer to that. It should be readily accessible on the Google page overall. But if it's not, um, or if you basically want to search up either YouTube or Google ads and look up the couple of regulations for that, we should have it there. Um, but if not, I mean, feel free to either, um, if you guys can follow up with me, if more of these folks are having trouble finding it, I could also pull it up as well. But it should be available online. All right, cool. So uh, another one from YouTube, and I'll admit I'm not 100% sure what we're talking about here, so I hope you know. Uh, your thoughts on IDFA depreciation sweeping, starting with iOS and potentially Google in the future. How do we gird up? How do we gird up? That is a, that's, a, that's a good way to ask the question. Uh, so yeah, I do have a couple of thoughts just on the IDFA deprecation. It's still fairly new news in the last couple of weeks or so. All right, so wait, wait, hold on. Before you dive into it, Explain what it is. Yes. So for the viewers out there that aren't entirely sure yet what this means, I think the simplest way I can explain this is when it comes to advertising on the iOS app or an iOS game, for example, 
the deprecation of IDFA basically means there's going to be less visibility for your campaigns to run and acquire these users because Apple is changing things to where users, if they want to now, can choose to not share as much of this data overall is the most lamest way of I can basically uh, explain this. Oh, yeah. So with that, I mean, so it's great from a user perspective. What this means, though, and the root of this question is it's going to mean a lot of different things from an advertising perspective, right? Because suddenly the iOS campaigns you might have been running across Google, Facebook, wherever, it's going to be a bit different now moving forward, right? So a couple of thoughts on how to really potentially deal with this. I think the first thing is that I think there's some very clear outlines that Apple has put out in terms of the number of overall campaigns you can have across all of your networks, including Google. I think you can do no more than 100 now as one example. So what you want to do is if you're running Google app campaigns now, make sure that you have them very well consolidated. So what this typically means is that if you have a main campaign going after the US or maybe some tier one countries, make sure it's all in like one campaign uh, and not get too crazy with three different campaigns targeting you know the same country or whatever that might mean. That's a very simple thing to do. The other thing I would also make sure to do is to again, make sure that when it comes to the right settings of your campaigns and whatnot, is to make sure that if they're automated like Google and Facebook and whatnot, that you have them in the right settings when it comes to the bids and budgeting. Because again, because since the campaigns are automated, whatever the different shifts will be, whether there's gonna be not as much volume at all, or maybe some volume, the campaigns will be able to dynamically adjust based on what they're able to track. So as long as you just keep them the way they are and don't make any significant changes in investment, like for example, putting a lot more money into it, um, I wouldn't recommend doing that exactly right now until you understand how the campaigns are behaving with this new trend, and then you should optimize based on that. Uh, and then I would say lastly, as uh, and because this question does mention Google in the future, um, again, we don't really have any kind of plans or announcements when it comes to what we're going to be doing on Android. But what I can recommend is that if you have the chance to do it now, I will look into making sure most of your games have the Google Analytics or Firebase SDK implemented because any types of new features we're going to be releasing out that could help improve how you do your Android app promotion, but also your iOS app promotion with whatever we can track. It's all going to come through the SDK because it reads better with our app campaigns. It allows us to do much better features than we could without it. So that would be my main recommendation as well: is to kind of help future-proof your game, basically, for anything you want to do on Google. Having that SDK implemented will help out a lot on the advertising side. And then, of course, there's a lot of other cool developer features too. All right, so I don't want to keep you too much. We're, we're almost out of time anyway. If you have further questions, folks, pop them on the Discord. Uh, he'll be around a little bit and be able to answer what he has time there. We've got the post-session chat room in there. So we're always thinking through ways of you know, kind of leveling the playing field to the extent that could be possible between the small teams and the big teams, and even the small publishers and the big publishers. Are... When they're running these ad campaigns, are are there triggers they can pull in there that lets them like target users that maybe the competitors are doing? So if they've got a mm. free-to-play strategy game, they can say, I want to target the same kind of people who you know Clash of Clans targets. Or, you know, are there ways that they can try to reach in there and, and without having to have a team of data scientists on their side and just kind of like <laughs> replicate or mimic other campaigns? 
Yeah. Uh, so just to clarify, that is one of the many, many signals and trends that the Google app campaigns are already looking at, no matter kind of where you're coming from, no matter how big or how small or how new your game actually is. And the reason why is because it, naturally those types of users, the model makes a lot of sense if your game is going to be targeting, if you're, if basically the users that would be downloading the Clash of Clans of Worlds or whatever have you, if their profile absolutely makes sense with the types of users that you want to acquire for your game, it's already is understanding that based off signals such as, you know, the types of games that they downloaded before, the types of games they played before, the, the types of games they might have like downloaded or played on the Play Store. That's like one very small segment of a lot of different signals that the campaigns looks at, but that's already being built in on the back end. Um, again, so that's kind of why, like I mentioned before, automation is a big focus for Google is because we already know that that's going to be a viable signal. We don't want developers to have to feel like they have to manually set that, or if they didn't think to do that, then they're out of luck because they didn't manually turn it on. Since we know that the overall goal is to find users that make the most sense for your game, that's why you built these campaigns in such a way where it's automated. So the short answer is it's already happening on the back end. They don't need to manually do that. If awesome. it makes sense. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and, and doing this. It's extremely helpful. And so have we got, I mean, if, if people want to get in touch, where do they go? Uh, yeah, so I think one of the easiest ways to get in touch just overall um, is, again, like I think at this point, if you haven't already just seen some of my information on the event profile, my LinkedIn, and I believe my email is there. Additionally, like I mentioned before, if you want to get in contact with other specific parts of Google that are very much focused on the startup community, like Google for Startups, absolutely, please keep in contact with them, sign up, uh, subscribe to the website and newsletters that they send out because that is going to be a really great focus source for the indie community specifically, which I would highly recommend. There's the URL. We pulled, we pulled it up. Oh, nice. There you go. Awesome. So thank you very much. Um, and, and you are our, our wrap up speaker. So I'm going to say real quick, thank you to everybody who came out and, and watched 30 some sessions over the last three days and, 50 some speakers and I'm, I'm going to go rest for a day or so now, but it was also all of you participating. You did a wonderful job keeping questions flowing in and we're thankful. And if there are things that we can do to improve future events for all, you know, let us know. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day, Val. And I appreciate you coming on and doing this, man. Great. Thanks for putting this on. It's been fun. All righty. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.